Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life-changing, history-making, world-defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know, things will never be the same. Luke chapter 11, verse number 1. Luke 11, verse number 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place when he finished One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. Luke chapter 11, verse number one. Let's read it together with uplifted voices. Everybody, please. One day. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just like John taught his disciples. I want to preach for a little while today using as a subject, I want to do it myself. Amen. I want to do it myself. Would you look at the person beside you and tell them, I'm going to be all right. This year, I just want to do it myself. Look at the person on the other side and tell them, I ain't waiting on nobody. What I need to get done, I'm just going to do it myself. If that's your resolve, would you give God glory for it even now? I just want to do it myself. Over the holidays, uh, I was uh, out to dinner, and across the room from me was a couple who was presumably on a date. They weren't mad at each other, but because they were sitting on the same side of the booth. I mean, they was up under each other. But what was striking is that they were not talking to each other. They were both engrossed in TikTok, Instagram, and texting instead of uh, talking to one another. There's a classic book that I read years ago called The Art of Conversation, A Guide to Neglected Pleasure. The Art of Conversation, A Guide to neglected pleasure. And in that book, the author argues that conversation is a lot like art. But unfortunately, a lot of people prefer posters over pictures. Art is a cacophony of hues, textures, impressions, and emotions that's left to a thousand different interpretations. Any aficionado will tell you that authentic art must be framed and it comes with a price. The cost of conversation is vulnerability, transparency, and integrity. I'm going to give that to you again. The cost of conversation is vulnerability, transparency, and integrity. But most people are not willing to pay the price 
So they settle for meaningless exchanges of pleasantries. They do not really want to be involved in conversation. You'd be amazed. Please don't look at your neighbor. You'd be amazed how many people are irritated that you actually call. They're going to wait for the phone to start, start ringing, then send you a text message. You all right? They don't want to be involved in a conversation. There's a terminology that linguists use that's called a cat. I want you to write this down, cat, C-A-T, which is communication alignment theory. Communication alignment theory, acronym is CAT. And CAT uh, argues that uh, in a conversation, a participant picks up the vernacular of the other participant if they talk to them enough. You talk to a person a lot, they start using your language, start using your slang, start using your jargon. So if one speaker uh, says to you, I, I want you to come outside and see my new ride, would you come outside and see my new ride? If you've been around them, you adopt the alignment of their conversation and you will say in turn, I like your new ride. You don't say, I like their car because that's outside of the language of the person you're talking to. Any person in the room, any person in the room outside of me who's raising teenagers, any person in the room outside of me who's raising teenagers, know at some point your teen is going to call you bro. Before you pull yourself from choking them and pulling the air all out of their lungs, before you know it, you have adapted bro into your language and into your lexicon. Likewise, if uh, you start um, amplifying uh, your prayer life or your talking to Jesus, then you should start talking like him. You should start sounding like him. You should start mimicking him. And isn't it amazing that what Jesus said the most out of everything that Jesus said, what Jesus said the most was fear not. That's what Jesus said the most was fear not. You're not going to believe it. Uh, there are 365 fear nots in the Bible. 365 fear nots in the Bible, which means there's a fear not for every day of the year. John chapter 14, he says, uh, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. Look at the birds of the air, the lilies of the field. If I take care of them, what do you think I'm getting ready to do for you? Fear not. That's got to be the language of those of us who have adopted a prayer life. Everybody in the room, would you shout, shout out loud, fear not. Now, because you are beginning to talk to Jesus more, you ought to sound like Jesus more. And so when people hear you, they ought to hear the voice of God. Would you look at somebody beside you, tell them, fear not. The treatment is going to work. Fear not. 
The rent is going to get paid. Fear not. Everything is going to pan out for your children. Fear not. They are going to accept your proposal. Fear not. You will get a call back. Fear not. The promotion is yours. Fear not. You will be debt free. Fear not. If God be for you, who can be against you? Fear not. There are more with you than there are those who are against you. You got to begin talking like him to begin talking like him. I uh, sauntered into uh, Luke chapter 11 the other day and I could move no further than the first verse that says Jesus got to a certain place. When he got to a certain place, he stopped and he prayed. Theologians, anthropologists, and biblicists never tell us what that place is. But I believe that exact location is where you are right now. Jesus got to a certain place, hear this, and stopped and prayed. I believe that's where your neighbor is. I believe that's where the person sitting behind you is. They get to a certain place in their life that the only thing left for them to do is to stop and pray. I'm telling you right now, when you get to a place where you just sick and tired of being sick and tired, you just got to stop and pray. When you got to sit in the car before you go into that job, you just got to stop and pray. When you got to sit on the side of the bed before you encounter all of the tasks that are in front of you for the day, you got to stop and pray. When you get tired of talking to yourself about it, you got to stop and pray. When the advice from your friend sounds stupid, you got to stop and pray. I feel like I'm talking to some people that are saying, Rev, this year I'm putting all of my chips on prayer. That just a little talk with Jesus is going to make everything all right. You can be a Pisces, it still won't bring the pieces together. You can be an Aquarius and you swimming underwater. But there are those of us that come to a season in your life where you just got to lift up your hand and say, God, if you don't do something about this, I'm going to end up catching a charge. If you don't intervene on my behalf, I'm going to lose my mind. God, if I ever needed you before, I sure do need you right now. God, speak to me. You done told me this was my assignment, this was my year, but you ain't told me nothing else. I went through 23 on a wing and a prayer, but 24, God, you better open up your mouth and open up a door and open up heaven. I am in a place where only prayer will work. I'm in a place where only prayer will work. Nothing else will do. I got to talk to God. And as soon as Jesus finished praying, as soon as he finished praying, one of his disciples bum rushed him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now the disciple who asked him to teach us how to pray was a Jew. Because he was a Jew, he already knew prayer. 
He knew the rubrics of prayer. He knew the language of prayer. He knew the syncopation of prayer. And so when he said, Master, teach us to pray, he was not asking God to teach him rhetoric. He says, I want to know how to pray that will bring results. Because there's a whole lot of people who try to sound fancy, but ain't nothing happening. Y'all ain't saying nothing, but the disciple was saying, God, I done watched you for two years. And what you have done in two years as a result of prayer, that's what I want to have happen in my own life. He said, Jesus, I was there when 5,000 were sitting out there in the hot Mediterranean sun and all we had was two fish and five loaves of bread. And Jesus, I saw what you did. You took them two fish, those five loaves of bread, hear this, and you multiplied it. God, show me how to pray so that when things get tight for me financially, that whatever I got, it will begin to multiply. I don't know where y'all are in this room, but I feel like I'm telling somebody, get ready because God says when you pray, your income is gonna multiply. When you pray, what is necessary to take care of your family is going to multiply. I need just a few prayers in this room who can testify that because of praying, I never seen the righteous forsaken or can see begging for bread. I need somebody in this room who know you had a mother that was struggling, but she would talk to God and food would be on the table. God, show me how to pray so my resources multiply. Says, I seen you do it. You prayed over two fish and five loaves of bread. I want to be able to pray and see that happen. Said, Jesus, we were there with you when you hung out at the cemetery and you got a text message that said, Come quick. One of your closest friends, Lazarus, has died. And we watched you say, this sickness is not unto death, but is only so that glory can come out of his life. And Lord, then you begin praying, saying, Lord, I'm talking to you. I need you to bring my friend back to life. Lord, I need the kind of prayer life that won't just impact me. I want the kind of prayer life that when I start praying for the people I care about, I start seeing them jump out of dead situations. Some of y'all ain't got any friends or family you worried about. But God said, do you know how much authority you got in your voice? That when you open up your mouth, some of y'all better kill that row. When you open up your mouth, the friend that was supposed to die this year is gonna get to their feet again and find the strength that they are supposed to have. I dare somebody that's been praying for a family member. God said, if you pray today, you will cancel their funeral. That they shall not die, but they shall live to see the glory of the Lord. Says, I don't want to just pray out of rhetoric. I want to see results take place. Say, Jesus, I was with you. When it is that uh, this father brought his uh, son that was filled with demons. 
and the disciples tried to cast it out, but they didn't have any effectual power. And you corrected them and said, this can only happen for people who know how to fast and pray. God, that's the kind of power I want. That when I pray, demons that try to attack my children will be cast out. I can't hear nobody. Demons that try to attack my marriage will be under my feet. See, some of y'all only praying for bags and for cars and for coats, but I need those of y'all that know this is a season for spiritual warfare. I dare you to open up your mouth and charge the atmosphere that when you pray, demons gotta run. When you pray, Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It says, I want the kind of power that when I pray, something happens. And not only does something happen, something happens. Here's the catch. The day that I pray. Oh my God. Did y'all hear what I just said? You ain't got to wait another year. But God said there's an oil, there's a cloud over new birth. That the day you start praying is the day you're going to start seeing the answers. I want to charge the atmosphere. Those of y'all that need God to do something today, don't wait till tonight to start praying. Pray like you need it today. Come on, open up your mouth. I dare you to begin praying for a multiplication of resources. Begin praying for health and for life and for strength. Begin praying for your friends and for your children. Begin praying for your household. Hallelujah. Says, I want to see the results in the same way on the same day. They wanted to see what, uh, whether it would be transferred. Uh, here's uh, what I wanted you to pay attention to is that this disciple, there are 12 of them, but only one went to Jesus and said, Master, teach us to pray. What I wanted you to uh, take note of is that this disciple did not ask Jesus, here's the catch, he did not ask Jesus to pray for him. He did not ask Jesus to lay hands on him. He said, Jesus, teach me how to do what you do. I don't want to be in a position where I got to wait for pastor to do it. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. I, I don't want to be so codependent that I need one of the elders or the deacons to pray for me. But this is the year I want to be able to do it myself. I can't find any self-sufficient people. God said this year lay hands on your own children. This year lay hands on your front door. This year lay hands on your body. I got my own anointing and I got to be able to do it mine. I want to be able to do it myself. You may be seated. We're going somewhere. 
It ain't my mother. It ain't my father. It's me, oh Lord. And I'm standing in the need of prayer. I'm tired of being let down and disappointed by people who make empty promises and don't have any follow through. But this year, I'm gonna show them. I ain't waiting for you to give me nothing. I ain't even waiting for you to call me back. I don't even need you to affirm me. Back up off me and watch me pray for myself. Cause I've been through enough hell that this year I got to have a one person prayer crusade. Y'all don't even turn to your neighbor. Would you just lay hands on yourself and say, Lord, bless me. Make a way for me. Deliver me. Strengthen me. Encourage me. Prosper me. Anoint me. Because I want to do it myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be seated. Said, Lord, teach us how to pray. I'm still in verse number one. He says, Lord, teach us how to pray. And watch what he says. He says, uh, the same way John taught his disciples is the same way I want you to teach us. In other words, he was saying, I saw how somebody else got their prayer answered. And I'm not jealous or envious or in competition. But if they could get their prayer answered, I know you got something left for me. I can't hear nobody. Look at the person beside you. Tell them I'm not jealous of you. Tell them I'm not threatened by you. As a matter of fact, I'm excited about your future. When I give God this next shout, you ain't gonna believe it. But when I praise him next, I'm shouting for your answered prayer. Cause if God would answer your prayer, I'm next in line for what God is getting ready to do. Would you shout for that neighbor and let God know, God, you can trust. Hallelujah. Trust me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my God. I feel something getting ready to break right through here. I dare you to open up your mouth like a prayer is about to be answered. Late in the midnight hour, God is about to turn that bad boy around. It's going to work in your favor. Thank you, Holy God. You may be seated. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my God. You may be seated. 
Hallelujah. I feel glory coming here. I feel something getting ready to break in just three minutes. I need you to pull on your neighbor's hand real quick. I said, pull on that neighbor, tell them, brace yourself. Any moment now, before you look up, everything you've been waiting for is getting ready to happen to you. I feel bad for your haters. I feel bad for your enemies. I feel bad for those that underestimated you. Your prayer is about to be answered. Oh. oh my God. I feel a travail right here. Would you open up your mouth? Lay your hands on your belly. I need you to just cry out unto God like you need a prayer answer. Come on, Zion. Let me hear you cry out unto God. Oh! Come on, you got one more cry in you. Open up your mouth. Hey, hey, hey. Open up your mouth and cry like you need a prayer answer. God, I thank you. God, I give you glory. God, I magnify you. You're worthy of the highest praise. I give you all the glory. You may be seated. I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. There's nobody like you. At your name, every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess that you are the Lord of all. Can nobody do me like Jesus? Can nobody do me like the Lord? I said I wasn't going to tell nobody but I just can't keep it to myself. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated, I'm coming around the mountain. One disciple, one disciple went to Jesus and he went to Jesus, he had this new birth, when he went to Jesus, uh, he did not say, teach me to pray. He said, teach us. He was saying in no uncertain terms, I don't want this power to rest on one person. I want every person that is connected to me to flow at this same level of grace. Look down your row and tell them there's an anointing on this row. Come on, tell them there's an anointing on this row. That the same anointing that was on my grandmother. God, I can't hear nobody. The same anointing that was on my mama. The same anointing that was on the disciples. The same anointing that's on my pastor. That same anointing is about to be on me. Say, teach us how to pray. You may be seated. 
I don't want all the power. I want everybody to have access to it. I, I, I want everybody to tap in. I want everybody to tap in. I was growing up. Uh, I know you've been saved your whole life. Um, when I was growing up, uh, Saturday mornings, y'all were watching cartoons. Uh, I, I was watching wrestling. Yeah. Saturday morning, Superfly Snooker, yeah. Hulk Hogan, yeah. Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And uh, uh, what, what, what I liked the best uh, uh, about uh, wrestling was tag team. Yeah. Is, uh, if I was getting defeated, if I was getting beat, all I had to do was extend my hand. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And somebody who ain't been in the fight I've been in would jump into the fight and handle it for me. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm talking about the power of agreement. This been a rough year, but the good news is you got somebody on your rope who's ready to be tagged in. They'll say, I know they tried to kill you. I know they scandalized your name. I know they left you for dead and broke your heart. But tag me in. If you tag me in, I'll go to war on your behalf. I dare to give somebody a high five and tell them I'll take this fight for you. I'll take this battle for you. I'll take this issue. Come on, tag them in. If you just get me through January, I'll get back in the fight by Valentine's Day. Tag me in until I stop being bitter. Tag me in so I don't go off on everybody. Tag me in. Be seated in the art of conversation. Be seated, my time is almost up. In the art of conversation. In the art of conversation. Uh, Jesus, different from Catherine Blythe in her book, in the art of conversation, she says, um, uh, Jesus says, hear this, uh, when you go into conversation, remind God who he is. If you want to get his attention, remind him who he is. And when he knows who he is, he'll know what to do. Y'all ain't saying nothing. So Jesus, when he taught him to pray, what did he say? Father, God, God I can't hear nobody. See, I, I came to tell God, Father, you owe me some child support. As a matter of fact, I'm a couple of months behind and I need you to take care of this car, this mortgage, this tuition, this insurance. I need you to step in on my behalf. Says when you pray, remind them who he is. And when you remind them who he is, he'll know what he's supposed to do. 
reading the memoir of John Fitzgerald Kennedy. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, when he became the President of the United States, told the staff at the White House, it doesn't matter whether I'm in the Oval Office or if I'm in the panic room, if my children want to see me, let them in. I don't care if I'm dealing with Russia or if I'm dealing with China or if I'm dealing with the issue in Cuba, if my children need me, it is not an interruption. Let them in. Ladies and gentlemen, I got good news for you. While on others thou art calling, whatever you do, I need you to know he is not getting ready to pass you by. Some of y'all are sitting there because you act like you are strangers. But the reason why can't no ushers, can't no security, can't no hospitality, can't no deacon stop me is because this is my daddy's house. And if I want to run, I'll run if I want to. I don't know where y'all are, but Pastor Brian can't do nothing for you. But if you need your heavenly father to do something for you, I need you to lift up that hand and open up your mouth and call on your father. I hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink. What you just heard should have you off and running, chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs it worse.